Welcome to the Crossing It Off Podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list. When you find something impactful for your journey, we invite you to share the episode with one other person and leave an honest rating or review of the show. This is an amazing way for you to gift those feelings of inspiration and joy to others. Now let's start crossing it off together. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast. I'm glad you guys are here. I'd like to welcome you guys to the show. I am Rena Friedman Watts, host of the Better Call Daddy show, the safe space for controversy. I am very excited to introduce to you today, Roger Williams, who is a daddy, a father of three, author, head crosser offer of his bucket list and the voice you usually hear on this show. Roger, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Rena, or thanks for being here. I'm excited for this and I appreciate you doing this for me. Yeah, I am very excited to find out what you have crossed off your bucket list this year. Yeah, so the the major one for me was drop 52 weeks of episodes of the show without missing a week. Um, That was a huge deal for me. That is a big commitment. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I knew I knew when I started this, whether it was going to wind up being a hobby or it was going to wind up being something that I could monetize. I wanted to do it properly. And for me, part of that was knowing and reading about Podfade. There's so many podcasts, you know, they say there's 2.9 million podcasts on Apple, but I've heard a statistic recently that only like 60,000 of those are truly active that are putting out episodes on a weekly basis. So I knew that if I wanted it to go anywhere, I had to have some consistency there. Yeah. Consistency is important, not only in podcasting, but also in business or in starting really anything. I I also am curious, like, how much research did you do, like, prior <laughs> to just crossing this off your bucket list? Yeah, well, uh, it's like starting the podcast from just in general to this point. Like, I was not a huge podcast listener. Like, I listened to one or two, um, but I loved. I'd done some uh, YouTube stuff and didn't really enjoy doing storytelling that way. Whereas I, I knew I probably could figure this out. Uh, I took radio classes in high school. I took theater in high school. I, you know, I have some kind of background in it. I've always enjoyed the internet and working with the internet and trying to figure things out. But for me, like it really boiled down to a friend that's a very, very avid podcast listener. He like listens to lots of different podcasts, lots of different genres. And so before I started, he was the person that I went to and said, hey, this is my idea. What do you think? And he said, sounds perfect. And I said, well, why? And he said, because I've watched you. I've been in your presence when you have met total strangers and got them to tell you their story. And so he said, he says, you're just natural at this. You're curious, not judgmental. You've done this most of your life. And he he said it was just, you know, he wasn't too sure of the the niche, like being bucket list, but he's like, if that's what you think you need to do, you're going to be good at it. And I kind of didn't believe him at first, 
<laughs> of course, yeah. I think when you start something new, you always have some kind of imposter syndrome, regardless of who you are and what's going on. And so for me, I knew that if, if I just put in the reps, and that may sound like mechanical or robotic, but if I just put in the reps, that eventually I would get better. Um, you know, it's that whole 10,000 hour rule. I'm way far away from that. You're probably close to that 10,000 hour rule on the podcast. I am. But, you know, I just knew I just had to keep doing it. And, you know, luckily it's something I love doing. So it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like repetition makes you better. Oh, for, for sure. It really, and this goes along with the theme of your podcast, but it is about the journey. Mm-hmm. I am also interested in how you found your guest and how did you find the balance between people that are approaching you and want to be on and <laughs> then the ones that you want to go after just because of your own personal interests? Yeah. So that was something that I, you know, I had a niche for this podcast. I had a format. I even had a script that I was going to use. I told myself, I'm going to use the same script every time. And that's kind of gone out the wayside, but it's, you know, for, for me, it was like, okay, where do I find guests? I just, you know, I'm a big fan of Google. You just type stuff in and it tells you where to go and what to do. So um, when I first started, I found, you know, I asked some friends. Um, my first guests ever was someone that I found on YouTube um, while I was researching my Camino the Santiago trip and just said, you know, she would be a great guest. And so I just reached out Um so there are lots of different websites you can use um, that are specifically trying to match podcast hosts and podcast guests back and forth. So I use it for both reasons. Um, some of those, there's a good word of mouth. When I first started too, I was like, Hey, do you know anybody else? After I get done recording, I'm like, Hey, do you know anybody else that's crossed something off their list? Or I'd ask friends and, and family members. Like I've got a couple of that, that way kind of word of mouth ish. And then the other thing that I, Probably shouldn't do as much as I do, but but I literally use hashtags, whether that's on Reddit, IG, Facebook, I just hashtag bucket list. And I go through and I find people that I see that are doing cool, interesting stuff. And I just reach out and say, hey, would you, you be interested to tell a story on, on a podcast and see what they say? So I, I do have some intentional things, like I wanted to interview somebody that had done um, the Burning Man because that's something that I had on my bucket list, but I wasn't real sure about it. So uh, I still wanted to keep it there. So I I went to Reddit, which may or may not have been a bad choice, but I went on the Burning Man forum, posted that I was looking for someone that had done the Burning Man as, as a bucket list, kind of stirred up a hornet's nest a little bit, um, but that's it's fine. Uh, but found somebody, eventually found somebody that was like, yeah, I'd like to do that. It was on my bucket list. I'm 60 years old. I did it when I was 60 with my daughter. You know, he goes, I, I, I want to tell that story. And so uh, to me, there's like two kinds of guests, right? There's the prof what I would call the professional podcast guests, right? The people that are, that are even like myself, I would put myself in that category where I'm like trying to promote the show, trying to promote my book, trying to promote all that stuff. And then there's the non-professional podcast guest, right? The pe person that doesn't do this on a regular basis that when you ask them and say, Hey, would you think about telling your story? They're like, Ooh, no, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. You know? So I have a lot of close friends that have done the show for me, thankfully. And, and just some people that I've reached out to that aren't necessarily professional podcast guests trying to pitch something. And I, 
I love all my guests, and I, and I think we have a great guest on this show, but the people that aren't trying to pitch something really kind of light my fire a little bit because they have no reason to be here doing this except the love of telling their story to the audience. And so to be all honest, like when I do the editing, I like those episodes, I kind of like handle kid gloves. Like I'm really trying to make that person sound good because they're not a professional at this. And, and so I, I take very good care of that. And I've had good feedback from those kind of people like, oh my gosh, I thought that was going to be horrible. And that was awesome. And so, uh, so I, I enjoy doing that. And I enjoy being able to present that to my audience, that it's not just somebody trying to sell them something, but it's just somebody telling their story. So, um, so going through and searching hashtags is a good way for me to find those folks. I feel like you don't even really hear that so often. So I like that you mentioned that. And I also am curious, like, about the hornet's nest that you disturbed. So <laughs> what happened when you posted you were looking for somebody uh, with that bucket list item? Yeah, I mean, this is probably too much of a story that I want to get into. But but the um, I think when something like a Burning Man gets to be really big, that there are people that become self-appointed gatekeepers to events like that and they have a certain way they think it should be run they they think the the mindset should be those kind of things and so there were several people that were like a bucket list goes against everything burning me yeah <laughs> you folks at home can't see your see your face but you were kind of shocked by that but it's like they they felt like having a bucket list was and uh, the antithesis to like the Burning Man experience uh, because you're going and just experiencing and you're not, and that's, you know, it, it was good for me to have those conversations with those folks because it really sharpened my um, philosophy that no, that's a misconception of a bucket list. That it's just all about consumerism and keeping up with the Joneses. That's a misconception and it can be thwarted if, if the right person is out there telling the story. And it's like, no, a bucket list is about experiencing things and it doesn't have to be, it is engaging with whatever you're doing. It's not just crossing something off a list to cross something off, uh, you know, like a chore list. Um, but it really is, if you have intention behind it, it really can have great meaning. And, and so that was you know, again, it's those reps, right? I mean, it's like, I, I want people to challenge me because I want to have to defend it because I'm going to go on some podcast someday to promote all this stuff and someone's going to ask me to defend it. So I want to have those answers. And the only way to have those answers is to have those reps. So um, of talking about it and and I was, you know, as kind as I could be, but, it, but there was definitely some pushback. Yeah. I mean, I truthfully love myth busting mm -hmm. and people offering a different perspective than I might have thought existed. So I, that actually brings me joy from my podcast. <laughs> and speaking of joy, what has been your biggest joy that has come from doing this? Oh, wow. You know, um, I, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, but it was just falling back in love with storytelling. Um, my, my background is youth development, um, teaching, uh, I was a history teacher, so a lot of my job was telling stories, um, especially from diverse perspectives, trying to, to integrate those into the classroom as much as I could. Um, I was a youth pastor before that, and so that was all about telling stories, <laughs> especially from the Old Testament, where that's what it was about, was a, a history of storytelling and, and, you know, telling those stories over and over again and people figuring out what those were. So, yeah, just falling back in love with storytelling. I think I grew up in a family of, of storytellers. Um, my mom would say that my dad 
always wanted to be the funny man in the room and didn't succeed most of the time, but, um, and I got a little bit of that. I don't tell stories about myself on the podcast, but I, but I think that's really good. That, that That's one of the things I enjoy about it is I'm helping other people tell their stories. And so that's been one of the biggest things for me is just like, I think, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but it's like, I, I you know, I record two, three months sometimes in advance of when the episodes drop. And and so, uh, but I edit them probably the week over the week before <laughs> that they drop. So it's, it's quite a bit of time in between when I record and when I drop those episodes or when I edit them. And, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking, trying to think back in my head, you know, 40 interviews ago, you know, <laughs> what was this interview like? And in my head, I'm just like, oh no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And then I go back and edit these episodes and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like perfect. Why, why did I ever think that this, this person didn't do a good job or that I didn't do a good job or, you know, and, and because the story's there. And so that's what's been really exciting for me is to be able to tell other people's stories about this thing that we call bucket list lifestyle. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I record months in advance so that I'm not like up against the wire. But honestly, even the day before it airs, I'm like typing up the summary <laughs> coming up with the title and like sure. re-listening to oh, it yeah. one more time all the way through to make sure it's exactly what I want. So but I do think it's good too to like let a little bit of time pass because mm-hmm. then new ideas come into play. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's uh, one of the things that I've had, you know, if I'm looking at what I needed to learn or, or what was challenging for me was that I had to learn how to be flexible and inflexible all the same time while doing this. And that's a, that's a trick and that's a feat. <laughs> so sometimes I think, you know, I have to be flexible to like one imperfection is flexibility, right? You have to be flexible with yourself if you're going to be imperfect. And so I I like to do the editing. I like to do it. And I like to make sure that it's good, but I'm also like, if there's one little thing or one little bobble or what, I mean, like, I'm just like, I got, I got to move on. It's, it's really good. Um, I had someone that did an interview with me that said they thought I had a team of people uh, behind this. <laughs> it's like, nope, just me, <laughs> you know? And, and so I know it's good. It's good enough. Right. I mean, so many, I've done so many podcast interviews for other people where they're like, let's adjust your microphone levels and let's do, you know, and I'm just like, let's just go, let's just do this. <laughs> you know, this is a good, you know, and it's, you know, if you spend all that time doing that stuff, then you miss out on the, on the stuff that's really good. And I think being flexible just with myself to be like, okay, for things to change. Right. So like even the opening bumper to the show that I put in after the cold open, I think, I think I'm on my, I yesterday, I just recorded, I think my fifth version of that, that'll start being inserted next week. And it's just like, it's okay. It wasn't, you know, I'm learning. The audience is always growing. It's not like it's going, you know, people are going to be like back 25 episodes ago, you did, you know, it's like, no, let's just keep moving, make it better each time. Right. And that's the goal and not worry about the, the, you know, the mistake I made. I think the one that's on here right now is, or the one that was on here was uh, a little bit snake pokey. Right. (laughs) Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of, you know, buckleless isn't, you know, necessarily what you see on Instagram. And so I had something on there that was like, you know, I probably was not being very nice. I mean, it probably sounded nice, but I'm like, I'm gonna, I need to change that, you know? So I just change it. 
you know, I don't, I'm not going to go back and change all the other episodes, you know, the previous episodes, but I'm going to move forward. So that's that flexibility of not being perfect or not having everything done, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then the challenge on the other side of that is to be inflexible. And so like one of the things that I've had to do when we were talking about acquiring guests earlier is that I've had to be really inflexible sometimes with people of saying, I'm sorry, you know, after the fourth or fifth email, you're not a good fit for this show. And that was really challenging to me because I'm like, one, there, there was a time when I was like grasping for guests. And I'm like, I don't want to say no to anybody because then I'm going to be short guests. But at the same time, I want to protect the theme of the show, the niche and the, the audience that I'm building that I, I want them to be able to be comfortable knowing that they're going to get the same thing every time they come back. And not the same story or the same person or the same guest, but they're going to get the same feel of the podcast and the theme and where we're going and what we're trying to do each time. That that, that doesn't change, that there's some familiarity in each episode that comes from keeping that, this is about a bucket list, this is one item, this is, you know, we're going to talk about where it came from, how did you accomplish it, how did it change you, and what's next on your list, right? That all might look different in each, you know, those four components might look different in each episode just a little bit, but they're all four there in some way. And so, so that was really important for me, which is really weird because most podcasts, you know, independent podcasters like we all both started, usually have some kind of transformation in their show. Like they start off doing one thing and then they, they go do, you know, they figure out that they're better at something else. And, and I've never gone through that. I, I said, this is the show. This is what I'm doing and I'm doing it. And 60 episodes later, I'm still kind of doing the same thing. Um, still, still focused on bucket lists, still focused on helping people, you know, hear other people's stories about, about that activity. And, and I haven't really changed the format of the show in the, in the first two seasons. Well, this interview right now is switching things up, though, a little bit. I did this last year after the end of season one. So so this is a continuation. You weren't the guest host, but so I'm trying to get different people each year to kind of do it for me. And I've thought about doing it um, in the middle of the year, too, as a midseason thing, because, as we'll get to in a little bit, pretty hard to pick most memorable favorite <laughs> episodes when you're trying to pick out of 51 that <laughs> it is last year when i did this i only had 10 episodes out so it was like that was real easy i picked three that's a third of the total episodes i'm golden you know people can't be that mad at me now i've got like 51 guests that'd be like why didn't you pick my episode why didn't you pick my episode so um so yeah so i i want to try this is something that i did ingrain into the first season that i'm gonna keep on trying to do I like it. Let's go to those memorable episodes. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. So like I was saying, it's it's been um, an insane year for me because there's this 51. Like I have an actual body of work, right? I mean, that's. I heard somebody say that the other day, and I I felt that I was like, there's this body of work out there that, that even if I stopped tomorrow, would still be there and would still be generating you know downloads and listens and. 
And so it's really hard to look back over a whole year and say, okay, what was most impactful? So, I mean, I guess I would start with episode 20, which was receive a full ride college scholarship. And the guest was Corelli Sanchez. And part of the reason that episode is so memorable to me is because Corelli is a a former student of mine that I asked to come on the show uh, and talk about her college experience that she was having so far and you know, and receiving a full ride college uh, scholarship to college, which was one of my tasks and jobs when I worked with her was to help her do that. So it was a lot of fun to hear her do that. She was super professional. She's only a sophomore. Yeah, she's only a sophomore in college. She was super professional with it. She, you know, um, she understood the concept of what we were talking about. And she, she told her story really well. And she was really brutal and honest about her college experience. And and so my hope is, like with most of my episodes, is that, you know, the SEO, search engine optimization, when someone says, how do you, you know, how do you, uh, receive a full ride scholarship to college that this episode will pop up and they'll hear Corelli's voice and hear her story, especially as a person of color, um, going to a private school, getting a full ride scholarship that, that, that can help dozens and hundreds of people if it can get out there. So that was one of the main reasons why it was so memorable to me. Let's hear a little of that episode. What were some of the things that you think being a first gen student um, were uh, difficult for you uh, in that position to to make some of these moves to go to college and to get a full ride scholarship? It was definitely a process. Um, it was something that I didn't really think was ever possible, just like going to college as a first-gen student, because you don't have your family to show for experience for that. Um, it kind of just like in my household and in many households probably, it was pretty much like either you go to school or you work and it never really seemed like you could do both. And so I, for a long period of my life, I thought, okay, time to go to work. But I was really driven at school. I enjoyed learning and I, I had big goals that did require an education. And so that was also a part of it. I love that that one of your most memorable episodes was from a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of seems to be a theme in these. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mine too, like in my episode with Jerry Springer that, you know, we did together, It the specialness of the episode is that we actually knew each other. And mm. I think that is such a big differentiator when podcast guests bring somebody on that they've known for 20 years, it's a deeper relationship. The judgment's all gone by that point, right? If you you have a relationship with somebody, the judgment's gone and then there's all that's left is curiosity. So it makes interviewing those people, you know, so much interview. That's why it was so great to interview Corelli, uh, worked with her for four years all through high school. So yeah, it was just, it was really easy and she wanted to do it. And she, and she, and the other thing I think too, is that she wanted to do well for me, right? There's a, there's a repayment to me. So there, there's lots of different things that are ingrained in that. And I think you can hear that in, in the episode, N- even not knowing that we know each other real well, there was just some familiarity and, and understanding and smoothness that was just existed because we had known each other for so long and it worked so hard to help her um, achieve this bucket list item. Also, you made another really good point when there's mutual interest 
when the other person wants to do good for you and you want to mm-hmm. do good for them, you feel that. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I felt that when I was on your show, right? It was like, I, you know, we had known each other a very short time, but I had high amount of respect for you and your show is, is, uh, is older than mine, has more episodes, has more downloads. And so you've been around doing this for a while and, and I just wanted to... Um, do the best job for you that I could because because I respected you and what you do. Thank you. <laughs> That's sweet. Okay, let's hear about another memorable episode. Uh, yeah, so keeping with that theme, um, I think episode 30, um, Hosted Destination Wedding with, with Dayton and Hallie Wiseman was also very important to me. Um, um, they had, they described it having, you know, having a destination wedding on their bucket list where you take everybody in the wedding party and go someplace theirs was costa rica and part of the reason that that episode is so special there's two reasons part of it is because they not only like had their wedding there but like they brought everybody in their wedding party down the week before and the wedding like for the whole week and like hung out at the beach and did activities together and really like brought their family of friends together like because a lot of them didn't know each other so they all had this chance to bond as a community before this actual event right like so most times you may have seen the person you know somebody else in the wedding party the bachelor party or the you know (laughs) the bridesmaid you know party or whatever it is but but they spent like a whole week together uh, and then slowly brought in members of their family so that by the Thursday before the wedding, there's just, you know, there's 50 plus people in this small town, just all supporting them, all having spent time together, all knowing each other. So when the wedding came, like you could feel, you, you could feel at the reception that, that every, there was just like familiar, again, familiarity and it, it just, and that was a real intentional thing for them. And that's what I thought was so special about that interview was, was hearing, you know, especially Dayton talk about that, that this was intentional activity. They intentionally did this to make their wedding different than something else they had seen before. And so that was really cool to me. Let's hear a little of that episode. But I'd say our, our main motivation for trying to do a, a destination wedding was we wanted to get our friends and family to experience something that we really care about. Obviously, we met you um, hiking the Camino and travel is a, a big part of our lives. And so we wanted to really take in as many people as we could into an experience that would let them uh, know what it's like to, to travel. The second reason that I really liked that episode is because I crashed that wedding. So what we did was is I interviewed them about their destination wedding and then we turned the tables and they interviewed me about crashing their wedding. So that was just a whole lot of fun. It was nice to be able to hear all about their desires for their wedding and then be able to come and tell them, yeah, I saw that. I saw that that took place, that community building and, and all that was real and active. So that that episode, a lot of fun for me. Here at the Crossing It Off Podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. 
Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. Um, I love that on so many levels. I mean, <laughs> it's like a grand crescendo for the wedding. I mean, you guys are all getting to know each other and how awesome for a community to come together and like really support what you're doing. Yeah, well, we, my partner and I actually crashed the day of the wedding. Like we came in at the reception. So they had no idea, <laughs> even, even though that there were friends of ours between us that we hung out the night before the wedding like they all came to our airbnb and i fixed them a a costa rican meal and and we hung out all night long and swam in the pool and did all that stuff like the bride and the groom did not know that i was going to be there that's a whole nother story and it's it's, we explain that in the episode after theirs yeah i think that's episode 31 where they interview me is i talk about it i'm talking about why that happened and um, how that came to be and how we made it happen because it was like mission impossible like place they got married was like this huge massive um resort that had its own hot springs and and it was guarded like everywhere there were guards and stuff and so my partner and i went through a whole process to be able to even get to the point where we could get to this wedding but we we got there right on time and and uh yeah we kept we kept it a secret and they said it was like one of the best gifts they had received all year was us showing up and so yeah it was a, it was a ton of fun I feel like we need more experiences like that in life there are so few I mean I'm really glad too that it like panned out and that worked out <laughs> but otherwise you would have had another story that's right. Yeah. And, and I think that the success of that is a lot has to do with the fact that I'm very intentional. I have an intention for my bucket list. So my bucket list is, is not all about, but, but a good percentage of the items that get put on there are about, are about community, whether that's um, uh, strengthening existing community or building new community, the items on my list are about community. So I knew if I was going to cross, if I was going to crash a wedding, that it was going to be somebody I knew that they didn't think, you know, so I went through this whole process with the bride of getting her to believe that I was going to be in Europe and not be able to be there, you know? So they're like in the interview with me, they're like, so number one thing is why? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but, but because that's my intention for my bucket list is community and makes saying, Oh yeah, I'm going to go crash my friend's wedding. Very simple. Right. And it's very purposeful. Right. And it's, and it's, um, and it's just driven and it it just makes it so like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And so that's what made that episode. So, so special for me. I love it. Now I want to do that too. I'm like, Oh, actually I'm like, I do have a (laughs) wedding coming up, but yeah, the unexpected there's so few <laughs> unexpected yeah. moments in Costa Rica. Like we had to fly to Costa Rica. Like they had no concept that we would be there, but we were there the whole week, just like everybody else just didn't get seen. So I love that. That's so good. Okay. Now what's the last one? So, so I have two more. I have to do two more. Um, okay. Episode 49 is make amends with dying mother, uh, Margarita de Margarita. And uh, this is a super powerful episode. Um, she had a very um, triggering backstory that we you know, definitely had to delve into um, that I had to put a trigger warning on the episode saying, Hey, this is, you know, there's some stuff here that, that may do this. If you need help, 
you know, go to this place or, you know, stop listening and, and find somebody to talk to because her story is just super powerful, but I really wanted to include it in this, this season because it was important for me to show people that bucket list items aren't always these grand adventures or visiting honeypot destinations that bucket list items can be just about anything that you think would probably bring you joy. And so in, in my book, I, ha- I have, I have a chapter that's all about creating your bucket list. And in it, I think there's like 15 different prompts that you ask yourself, like, do I want to buy something? Who do I need to reconnect with? You know, there's, there's all different kinds of prompts you can use to create your list if you have that intention, right? If you've set that intention, it makes, you know, answering those prompts really easy. And so buying something, you know, for me buying something, there's something I want to buy that's on my bucket list, but there's only like one thing, like it's $25,000. It's a comic book and it will be one day, but it's not, you know, it's not, you know, it's not something I'm going to do tomorrow, but it, but it's very, but besides that, I don't have, I don't want to buy a Lamborghini. I've never liked sports cars and never, you know, I'm, I don't even need a house. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I want to, I want to go places and do things with people um, that I love or like getting to know to love. And um, so I put my, my money into experiences, not stuff. And so for that prompt, I tell people, I'm like, you know, this may not be for you. That's okay. Challenge yourself. Right. Um to try to put something on your on your list that comes from this prompt but if you can't move on and so you know relationships uh, is one of the prompts you know who do you need to reconnect with who do you need to forgive who do you you know make a list and say okay these people are on my bucket list I, I need to reconnect with my friend from middle school that you know used to be best friends with and then something happened right I mean you can put those things on there and so this was a great example very tough example of someone that did that that said okay my bucket list i'm going to put you know um make amends with my dying mother and so that that was a a real tough episode to do uh, as a host but it was also i thought real important and powerful to share with people that to show that it's just not go to Angkor Wat or go go to Cappadocia Turkey and fly in hot air balloons or you know that it can be something um, that's not consumption based is, is what I would say. So I listened to that episode mm. and there was a lot of trauma there. And I mm-hmm. think actually when there's estrangement or when you haven't talked to a family member in a lot of years, it is really like being willing to work through a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it as far as the energy that it takes to do that compared to like walking the Camino, I'd walk the Camino at any, you know, 790 kilometers for a month any day of the week, um, then have to go through the kind of stuff that she went through and the kind of, you know, um, hardship and learning and forgiveness and all those things that she went through. That's a, that's a lot of work, a lot of energy, you know, very draining. And so, um, I admired her for doing that. I'd love to hear a little bit of that episode. I don't know. That moment of seeing someone mistreat my mother, it like flipped a switch because I always speak about forgiveness and it flipped a switch and to see the bruises on her from her falling and them never notifying me and just the, the, the awful neglect they gave her. So I brought her home and I started talking to her just because she never explained anything to us. 
and the forgiveness came through conversation. Could you relate to her because you yourself have repaired things with a family member? Um, I think it goes both ways. I think that I, you know, I have some family members that I haven't been able to do that with. And I have been able to do that. I was able to do that with my father 20 years ago before he passed. Um, So that was really good. Um, So, you know, I, I, again, like I said in the very beginning, I don't try to like interject myself a whole lot. Um, and and the most important thing is for her to tell her story. Um, sometimes I interject my stuff when I, when I feel really, you know, at ease or, or I think it's important or valuable or, you know, connects things in the show. Sometimes I'll do that. But, um, I I was just sitting back, just trying to, you know, make sure she told her story that she got every chance and we had technical problems and we had, you know, we had to reconnect to zoom and it was, it was, it was a little bit of a nightmare, but she hung in there and and we got done. And to me, that's, you know, um, I'll probably listen to it one day and be like, Oh yeah. Uh, And see it from a different light. But, uh, you know, at the moment it was like, I, I got to capture this. This is valuable and important. Yeah. So it's funny because going back to the fact that you record and then sometimes don't air it for two months and then you re-listen. So a lot of times it'll be somebody's birthday or I'll see a post that one of my previous guests have done. And then I'm like, I want to re-listen to that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's now like two years later and then you're like, now I like want to like reach back out to them and find out updates of what's going on with their story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So back to the whole, you're building a portfolio of work and you're building a network and a community of people. Right. That you kind of want to know like what's happening in their lives now. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's been, that's been one of the, another great benefit to this is that there's this, this little bit, you know, of a community or people that I can go to or people that I've strengthened their relationships with that were previous relationships um, through this process. Um, my friend, Scott Maitland, he was on the bubble as far as, uh, getting on this list. He, he drove the Pacific coast highway, highway one with, with two of his buddies did a road trip, um, this past year. And and I played poker with all of them online during the pandemic. And, uh, that was just a lot of fun, you know, to reconnect with him. And, you know, he had been inspired by the show to go out and do that trip. And so it was really cool to just be like, Hey, Scott, come, come in and talk about it. And again, somebody doesn't have anything to sell anybody else, um, except his experience. And so it was a lot of fun. And he walked away thinking that, that that was awesome. Okay, now I want to hear another most memorable episode. Yeah, well, that would probably be yours. Episode 42, Interview Jerry Springer. And we kind of already touched on a little bit about why those in again. It's we had a relationship before, you know, just even through Instagram is where we met and how we uh, started having a relationship. And so for me, again, it was I really wanted to tell your story. It was It was that kind of thing where it's, that relationship thing it's like you hadn't spoken to him for you know worked for him for a while hadn't spoken to him for a real long time trying to rekindle that you know for professional reasons but also for some personal reasons too that we found out in the episode so i, I was i was really excited to do that and to, and to tell your story because you're somebody that i admire and want to and want to make sure that that i get it done right the questions that you seriously asked me were so good too. Like they were very thoughtful. You're like, 
Did you feel it was genuine? Did you get to ask everything that you wanted to ask? I mean, it was so awesome that you got to capture that mm. right after I did it. Yeah. I mean, what a special interview. It really was. I treasure it. I think you did an awesome job. I loved the questions that you asked. What was also a big takeaway for me was the fact that all of these accolades, all of his fame, all of his accomplishments and what it boiled down to all of it is that, you know, he cares about his family. Mm. And that really, I felt like went with the theme of my show. Yeah. And I see that goes back to being curious and not judgmental right i mean it's like if if you and i were sitting in a starbucks and and you had just interviewed jerry springer for your podcast we would have a conversation just like that what was it like how did you feel you know i mean even though it's kind of the format of the show it's just natural for me to to ask people those kind of questions and and to be curious and inquisitive and really because i really want to know people a lot of that comes from my dad i think he was a salesman for for many many years but he wasn't a snake oil salesman he wasn't a used car salesman he was like a good guy salesman like he didn't lie to his customers he didn't you know he didn't cut corners he was if he said he was going to do something man if he didn't get it done he would just beat himself up and you know i think that that that's where a lot of it comes from for me is just watching him ask people questions and and not only just doing that for the sake of doing that but doing it for for the ability to one day recall that information and make that person feel good about the information <laughs> that you heard. But, and sometimes I'm a little hard on other people. You know, I think, can't you be more thoughtful? And th- when I say that, it's not about being polite. It's about having more thought. It's being full of thoughts, right? Are you thinking about what's going on around you? What people are experiencing? Are you, do you have any empathy? Like you have to be thoughtful to have empathy. You've got to be thinking about other people. And so a lot of that, <clears throat> whether you want to call it skill or whatever, comes from my dad. I love that that comes from your dad and I'm hoping that my dad's going to give us a little clip for this about his bucket list item, because even though you asked him, he kind of skirted the question in our episode. So we're going to, we're going to get a little bucket list reflection from my dad. So today dad was really cool. I got to guest host the crossing it off podcast. I had been on the show before, right after I did my interview with Jerry Springer and he had been on my show and we did like a year end wrap up. And one thing that he still wanted to know was what is a bucket list item for you in 2023 or just in your life that you would like to cross off your list? Well, I probably have a very strange list of what my bucket list really would mean. You know, some people would think, you know, I'd like to go to every state in the, in the country, in the United States and visit every one or visit every country or most of the countries all around the world and be able to travel and be able to, uh, you know, learn other people's cultures. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing that myself, but more importantly to me is if there was a way, I think I told you when I was a little boy, I, I really wanted to cure some of the ills of the world. And if I could have learned uh, how to do some genetic uh, engineering and be able to fix uh, uh, genes so that we don't get sick, where we don't, uh, 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 where we have a chance to prolong life in a healthy way. 
to me, that's fascinating uh, to go to uh, a way of figuring out a way to not live 70 years or uh, 80 years or 100 years, but to be healthy and maybe to be able to live maybe a thousand years so that I could actually see the legacy that we bring out on this show, the Better Call Daddy show, where I could see different generations of my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, and to be part of their lives. To me, that would be fantastic. That, that's the ultimate dream, is to be able to be part of your family's life through many, 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 many generations. Uh, but to be able to feel it and touch it and be part of it. How's that for a, a wish to put on your bucket list? I think it's unique because I don't think everybody would want to continue living. You said you'd like to live a thousand years. I don't think most people would want that. Well, that's because we see the decay of one's mind and body where somebody they think has had a fruitful life and they live to 100 years old or 105 or they live to be 100 and even 120. What kind of condition are they in? What can they really do or participate? Part of life is being in motion and doing things and learning things and being able to uh, uh, hopefully always have a progression in your life. That's, that's not only purpose of life, but that's what meaning of life is is to be able to be in constant motion. That's how you measure time. It's the distance that you travel and how fast you do it. And I don't want to do it in a hundred years. I'd like to be able to travel and do everything that I can do. I put down a thousand years as a minimum. Wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if I could live 5,000 years, be part of everything going on and all the improvements, hopefully in technology and in humankind and to be part of that, I think is a, a, a wonderful dream. All right. 5,000 years until you kick the bucket. you got a deal. <laughs> I love it. And, and ev- everybody should subscribe to the Crossing It Off podcast. Thank you, Roger, for letting me and my daddy be a part of your season finale. Thank you, Roger. If, uh, if you can give me any added years, I'll take it. Happy holidays and a happy new year. I'm also curious, like what's coming up for you Um, now that you're at the end of this second season? Yeah. uh, As far as the podcast goes, you know, I think it's, you know, um, one of the major things is, you know, guests. I've already got episodes recorded through uh, March of this upcoming year. So I have, you know, someone that crossed off Swim with Sharks, um, somebody that performed magic for Elon Musk, um, uh, somebody that's given a TED Talk uh, that was a part of their bucket list, and a couple that I didn't know what this was, but uh, became members of the Century Travel Club uh, together as, as a couple. And basically that's, you've visited a hundred countries. So that so there's a couple that I think they've been married 20 some years or something, but they visited 20 countries or a hundred countries together uh, and crossed it off their bucket list. So that one's coming up soon. And I'm really excited about that. So just, you know, keeping maintaining that level of interest and, and excitement about the guests and what they've crossed off and, and that same with that 
kind of diversity, um, not just of stories, but of guests. So I've been real proud this past year, as far as representation goes, 60% of my guests uh, have been women and a little over 30% have been either people of color or um, those that come from diverse lived backgrounds. And I just really, because again, I want anybody and everybody to think that this lifestyle is obtainable. When you look at Instagram and look at the, the hashtag bucket list, all you see is Cappadocia destinations that are far away and cost money to travel to and all that kind of stuff. But you can have a bucket list without all those things. So I'm glad that we've shown that representation over the past year. I'm going to be trying to increase accessibility along the same lines. So I am in the process of transcribing all the shows so that they'll be available on the website of the podcast in text. And I think that that's really important and valuable to do. Um, most people at my stage of the game uh, as an independent podcast don't do that, uh, especially going back. And I'm trying to, to backlog all the episodes that I've done. So uh, it'll be easier once I get that process done, but it takes some time and uh, it's not free. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make that happen uh, in Q1 of next year. Uh, next season to be able to have that available to folks so they can, whether it's just because they want to read it or they want to go back and check something or whatever it is, there'll actually be an individual page on my website for every episode and it'll have the ability to listen to the show, the show notes and the transcript um, to try to make it as accessible as possible. And then the, the big, big, big news is that starting January 3rd, I will be dropping two episodes a week which is a massive change uh, for me and uh, workload and all those kind of things. So uh, I'm excited to be able to do that. And I still have enough content already stored up and recorded that I can get through March uh, going two days a week. So it's just a matter of trying to keep that up. And it's something that I know transitioning to more of this being a professional or world-class podcast, is, that's a standard thing that happens. And um, I'm excited to tell people more more people's stories and get those out there and um, get more people inspired. So it's, it's a little bit of a big task, but I think it's worth doing. Congratulations. I mean, that is growth right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. I'm, I'm, the show is currently in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Um, and I'm doing everything I can to expand that. Um, I want the audience to be, to be diverse and broad. And, uh, you know, the show's listened to in 69 countries around the world, uh, in this past year, which I'm, I'm super proud of. Um, and at the same time, super weirded out about, because, you know, I don't know why the show has been downloaded 135 times in Russia or 35 times in, uh, Iran. I mean, it's just kind of, it's like, what is going on? Uh, I kind of know what's going on, but, but it's, but it's very, it's very interesting to me. And I've also uh, gone out of my way. You know, we think Apple's like the largest podcast streamer, but in other places of the world, it's not. And in some English speaking countries, it's not. Um, India is one of them. So I just this past week got approval to be on India's um, largest podcast streamer uh, across that country. And so the show is available there and I'm just, you know, I'm doing everything to get it out there. Amazing. So what's on the bucket list for 2023? <laughs> for me, that's, uh, I've been holding on to visiting all 50 states for a while. 
I need to get that crossed off. It was supposed to be during my my uh, 50th birthday year, which was unfortunately 2020. Uh, so that did not happen. Um, so I'm hopefully going to visit North Dakota and Alaska and get that done, get that out of the way. Um, majority of the American population only visits 12 states in their lifetime. So, you know, to be able to having say I visited all 50 is a huge deal for me just because I, I love this country. I love the diversity of all the places. And um, so I'm excited about that. I'm in the process of writing a memoir. I released a, I did publish a book last year uh, about bucket list uh, creation and management and uh, intention. But this is more of a, of a memoir style story about my dad and I and my son and uh, my grandpa. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, I also um, want to attend the World Championships Barbecue in Memphis, Tennessee. I have two friends that I've been uh, friends with since middle school, almost 38 years. And so we're talking about getting that done uh, together. So I'm excited about that. And then I just learned of this. Um, I don't know. People probably know about it, but I just learned of this great website um, called workaway.info. And basically, you can go there and find essentially jobs that pay you room and board in other countries all over, all around the world. It's huge, it's huge, it's huge. And so I had on my bucket list to go and work in like an animal sanctuary in Africa someplace. And that's kind of morphing into doing this um this work away program because you only work like 20 or 25 hours a week. And then the rest of the time you have to yourself, but you still have housing and you know, two to three meals a day and, you know, they, they feed you and stuff. So cheap way to, to travel the world. And for me, that Africa trip was going to be about giving back. So I'm looking at maybe possibly visiting Morocco for six weeks. Um, that way I could do two or three of those work away programs, um, stay in the same country, not have to like have a bunch of flights and everything um, and keep it, keep the cost real low and, and spend some time in Morocco. So those are the, those are the big things I'm looking at this year to potentially uh, have being able to cross off by the, by the end of the next year. You think you'll be doing any diving in any of those locations? Uh, no, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan on diving, but I would snorkel again in a heartbeat. Um, I have snorkel the, the Great Barrier Reef, um, which I know a lot of people do, but mine is because I just don't want it to disappear before I get a chance to see it. It's, you know, it's such, you know, sudden such danger that it's just like, I gotta get this done. I gotta get that done. Not because I just, it's a list item and I gotta check it off, but it's just like, I don't want it to disappear before I get a chance to get there and see it. So that's one of the things I, um, I want to try to do, but probably won't be next year. Okay. Well, don't disappear. Let people know how they can find you oh, sure. and your podcast. And thank oh, yeah. you so much for this amazing opportunity of letting me guest host. I am truly honored and I hope I did a great job for you because oh. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, I knew you would do a good job. Uh, you do such an awesome job on your show and uh, it was a joy for me to be on there. And I was excited that you said yes. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, growing again, growing new friends uh, in this industry and this sector. And I, I'm, I've been very honored um, to, to be able to have access to you and, and now my listeners. So uh, I'm excited. For that. Thank you. Hey.